Welcome to this podcast of the Sunday Message from Hope Gateway in Portland, Maine. We'd love to have you join us for worship Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., currently on Zoom and broadcast live on Facebook. Visit our website at hopegateway.com to learn more. Whether you live near or far, we hope you find this message to be meaningful. Wherever you are, join us in doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with God. Good morning, Hope Gateway. This is Sarah, doing Merrill lead pastor here at Hope Gateway, and I use she and her as my pronouns. I am coming to you via video this morning because I have a cough and a runny nose, and I didn't want to share those germs with you, and I could do it online, but um, I might have a cough attack in the middle, so I'm <laughs> coming to you via video so I can control my my proclivities to um, to cough this morning. But I wanted to be um, the one to kick off this series, this Good Enough Lent, um, that we're doing based on Kate Bowler's Good Enough, um, 40 Devotions for a Life of Imperfection. Um, and it's a really great um, framework that um, the book is full of stuff. We have copies available for you if you want one. We are also doing a study, um, but if you're not participating in the study, there are also books. You can take a book anyway. Um, Kate Bowler is um, a professor at Duke Divinity School. She um, is a uh, church historian with an expertise in the um, prosperity gospel. And um, she was diagnosed with stage four cancer um, a few years ago and um, really has come to a deep understanding of the, um, through her academic work and through her personal life, of the problem of the perfection um, mindset that we have been sold, um, both in the church and in society. So we're... um, working against that this Lent and believing that we can um, <clears throat> improve ourselves without um, believing that we are going to be perfect. So as Kate says in the book and in the resources, um, Kate and Jessica, um, there is a wide understanding within the Christian tradition about um, perfection. Um, but from the tradition that I come from and the tradition that Hope Gateway comes from in um, Methodism, which was started by John Wesley, <clears throat> um, there is a belief about achieving perfection in this lifetime, um, perfection in love. And it is a um, promise that I made at my ordination that I would um, go on to perfection and achieve perfection in this lifetime. I might have believed that more at the time of my ordination than I do today because as I have discovered in growing older, I keep discovering things that I do that are imperfect and things that I need to overcome. But um, we're all living imperfect lives and we all are aiming for better and more and struggle with expectations that people and society and we put on ourselves about that. Um, 
And no matter how much we work on our relationships, our marriages, our relationships with our children, our um, professional lives, um, there's always more to do. And perfection, um, whatever standard we have of that, is elusive. So um, one of the resources that Kate recommended <clears throat> is an interview that she did um, in December with Elizabeth Gilbert, who's the author of Eat, Pray, Love, and Big Magic. Um, and Liz Gilbert talks about um, the problem of a purpose-driven life and having a specific purpose. So I'd like to... Um, there is a pathological obsession, and I don't use the word patholo pathology lightly here, in this country with making sure that your life has a higher purpose. Mm -hmm than just having a life, which is already pretty incredible. Like just having a life is already pretty amazing, but that's not good enough. It has to be a purposeful life. So this is the formula that we've all been fed and we've been fed it our entire lives. You've heard it in every commencement speech. You've heard it in every inspirational speech. And it's each of you is born with a special gift. Each of you has one unique offering. That's why you were sent here to find what that is. The one thing that you can do that literally nobody else can do. It's your job in life, your purpose, to uncover what that thing is. And then once you find it, you must foster it and master it and curate it until you are at the top of that thing that only you can do. And then you must monetize it. <laughs> because if you don't monetize it, you're not really successful at it. It's just a hobby. So you must monetize it. But it's not enough to monetize it and be very successful at it, you must be an opportunity creator for other people within this purpose that you created so that you bring other people, you uplift other people with your purpose. And it's not enough that you uplift other people with your purpose and you monetize it. You must leave a legacy. You must leave a legacy so that when you are gone, generations after you're gone, the world is a changed place because you were here. No pressure. But that is literally what you have been taught. Am I wrong? Is that not literally what you have been taught? So everybody that I know is struggling from so much purpose anxiety that they can't live. And what if that's totally wrong? No one ever questions it, but what if that's totally wrong? What if I have literally no idea what my purpose is? I don't know. Isn't that great? Um, Liz talks in the interview also about <clears throat> maybe her purpose was to hold a ladder for somebody um, who she came across who was in a really precarious position and she secretly held a ladder and maybe that's why. So um, it's elusive to us sometimes what our purpose is and that's okay. That's okay. I'd like to um, share with you the story that we read on the first Sunday of Lent um, every year, and it is the temptation of Jesus. It's the story of Jesus going into the wilderness and um, having some alone time, um, having some renewal, having some personal development, um, and the devil meets him there and tempts him. So listen to these words from the book of Matthew in the fourth chapter, beginning with verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. 
He fasted forty days and nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, and you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said, Again, it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor, and said to him, All these things I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God, and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly the angels came and waited on him. This is what Kate Bowler says about Jesus' temptation in the wilderness. The temptation of perfectionism is similar to the temptation that Jesus encountered in the desert. If you never want to feel pain, then turn the stone into bread so your body never feels broken. If you, want to, if you never want to experience shame, then control the world with political power, because that always works out so well for politicians. I love how she adds snark regularly to her writing. If you never want to experience fear, then call upon the angels to wrap you in bubble wrap and stay far from the ledge. All you have to do is manage your risk and control everyone and everything in the world. Easy, right? Yet the illusion of perfection is so tempting. After all, the tempter essentially tells Jesus, you deserve better than the hand God has dealt you. Wandering alone, hungry, powerless in the desert, when we are stuck in lives we didn't pick, stuck in bodies that break for no reason, we can easily discern, for no reason that we can easily discern, stuck with grief that we can't move past, we can begin to believe that if we just try harder, then things will be better. But Lent is a season of repentance, a chance to acknowledge our limitations, our humanity, our failures, our sins, and recognize our utter dependence on God for our every breath. My hope for us this season of Lent is that we can embrace imperfection and honor the fact that we do not have control over our lives, but that we can together with God's help walk through this life with hope and joy and peace few um, things that we will be engaging in during this season is that next week um, my good friend Maisie Kaplan will be joining us for an interview about her um, project Loose Ends which is a project of finishing um, the craft, the knitting, the crocheting, the quilting projects that have been left behind by those who have passed on and the um, image of not reaching perfection, not finishing everything, we are all unfinished projects, will be something that we'll be talking about both next week and then the week after at Table Worship. 
And so I hope that you will join us for those two exciting weeks. And then the week after that, we're going to be doing some baking um, in people's homes and doing some a gathering at 509 um, for some no-bake cookies to share our love, get messy and connect, and then um, share that gift of cookies with, with others in our community. So we are not perfect friends, and I am not sure that we ever will be in any sense of the word, but we are loved, and we are in this together. May it be so. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. To hear more about Hope Gateway and to discover how together we can do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God, visit our website at hopegateway.org.